With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Amir Farrell, contributor for Predominantly Orange, and my co-host, Jordan Lopez, also contributor for Predominantly Orange. On today's episode, to go ahead and uh, go over the signing of Frank Clark, defensive end, uh, veteran pass rusher, played with the Seahawks and Chiefs, and then obviously all the news of Dalvin Cook, all the Broncos OTAs news and takeaways, everything that we learned from the final week of Broncos OTAs. But before we jump into all of the Frank Clark, Dalvin Cook, and Broncos OTA's news. Jordan, how are you doing, man? How are you feeling about the Broncos, everything, and how are you just doing in life? It looks like just like Denver in general was just doing good, right? Between the Nuggets yeah, exactly. night to the Broncos signing Frank Clark and amidst other rumors that we'll get into. But uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Hopefully the, the Broncos can uh, make another big splash signing soon. Yeah, and uh, hopefully the Nuggets can take out uh, your local Miami Heat and uh, win this in uh, my still prediction five or six. Really excited to see how that plays out. But let's go ahead and jump into everything. So the Broncos, uh, as many of you already know, the Broncos signed Frank Clark, veteran uh, defensive end, to a one-year $7.5 million deal with up to $2 million incentives, 5.5 guaranteed. Um, so a good get for the Broncos this late in free agency. Obviously, we spoke to extents on this podcast about how the Broncos need to bolster their pass rush um, so the Broncos go ahead and get one of the all-time better playoff performers of just like I mentioned of all time. He has the third most postseason sacks ever. And granted, he has appeared in the postseason a lot, competing with the Seahawks in their good days with Russell Wilson. He obviously reunites with him here in Denver, spoken very highly of him and how he believes he's going to bounce back uh, this year with the Broncos. He even said it in the Super Bowl uh, press conferences when he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so, and then obviously with the Chiefs, he won two Super Bowls with them, 2020, and then obviously this year so the Broncos get a huge leader obviously people kind of have uh, questions around his characters and his uh you know the off the field kind of thing off the field concerns obviously he was arrested twice in the offseason a few years ago um he looks like he's bouncing back from that a little bit but the whole character thing we could have a little bit of a debate about but just in terms of Frank Clark the football player Jordan how do you feel about the signing how do you feel about the contract and how do you feel about how he bolsters his pass rush yeah I mean Talk about out of left field. I had no idea that the Broncos were even in on this. Uh, if it was anything, people were speculating unique and Gawkway, but even at yeah. that, no one thought about Frank Clark. Um, what's it broke? I mean, I, I was pretty happy, especially because you know, we need depth at that position. Um, and just health in general, you know, the more pass rushers, the better. Uh, since Frank Clark knows how to win, he's won a lot with the Chiefs. Now he could do it with us, you know, that's gonna bring another aspect into that room. Um, and just the experience alone, all that, all that playoff experience, Super Bowl experience, he's going to bring that to our younger guys. And, man, I did not see this coming. I'm, I'm actually kind of – as the hours go on, I'm getting more and more happy with the signing. Yeah. 
Uh, Frank Clark goes straight from the White House, uh, celebrating his Super Bowl win with the Chiefs, straight to uh, Denver, signing that one-year deal, is now teaming up with Randy Gregory, Baron Browning. Like we've mentioned, we wanted to bolster this uh, the, the pass rush depth, especially on edge, and he brings that versatility to play a defensive end as well, even in a 3-4. So um, I'm really, I really like it, the length, size, everything he has, obviously. He's only 29 years old. Like He's not... Crazy, he's not like 33. I honestly was a little shocked that he's only 29. I thought he's a little bit uh, higher up in age, but um, granted, he was drafted in 2015 in the second round. Um, so uh, he has the NFL experience, like you mentioned, great veteran, good depth. He's had like I believe around five to six sacks average every year. Um, so 2022, he had five sacks, 2021, um, he was selected to the Pro Bowl actually and had four and a half sacks, six sacks the previous year, Pro Bowl as well, previous year, Pro Bowl as well. 2019, his first year with the Chiefs, uh, he had eight sacks. So, and then the year before, they had 13. So, it feels like he just stacks sacks on sacks, production, production, constantly in his uh his year uh, years in the NFL. Um, I like this signing a lot by the Broncos, especially this late in the offseason. Didn't pay a lot of uh, didn't pay a lot obviously obviously to him. You still have a uh, cap space to work with. Um, with this signing, which uh, set, moves into our next segment. Um. The Broncos now have around four to five million in cash space. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so the Broncos, I don't know if it's really looking likely that they get Dalvin Cook at this point, but you never know. George Payne could still work some of his magic. I know the the um, Walton Penner uh, Penner family ownership ownership group uh, definitely made wonders with the money that they have. Um, so what do you think about Dalvin Cook right now? Do you think this is a possibility, or do you think he's going to go back home to Miami? I mean, as it stands right now, it's looking like he wants to just he, he his priority is just going back home. Um, like I, like how I said to other people, uh, around my world here, Denver needs and would want Dalvin cook. I really don't think the Miami dolphins need Dalvin cook because they're running, their running back room is certainly stacked. Um, you know, they drafted a running back. They, they, I think they extended to their guys as well. So it's not like, of course they would want them, but they don't need them. Denver Broncos check two of those boxes. But at this point, it's not up to Denver no more. It's up to Dalvin, what he wants to do. He's prioritizing going back to Miami, going back home. He's a South Florida guy, just like myself. Uh, I think the Broncos have no shot. But if he if he prioritizes other things other than just going back home, I think Denver has a real shot. Yeah. I, I was just putting that together in my head. Actually, makes sense why a huge Jerry Judy stand. He's actually a South Florida uh, alum as well. So, yeah. Um, Definitely, definitely uh, puts the puzzle pieces together there. But yeah, um, absolutely. And um, Dalvin Cook, look, we were talking on our uh, live stream this morning, me and J-Mac, about how I really felt like Denver, Dalvin Cook to Denver made a lot of sense. We're now seeing him on his IG story, like literally right after we ended our live, that he posted a picture of him celebrating in Hard Rock Stadium. Um, yeah. And he was smiling and everything. And he just like, he's given the most subtle and obvious hints to, uh, to go into uh, Miami at this point. So it looks like it's almost... A lot to happen and we we're talking about how they have raheem Mostert, jeff wilson they drafted devon a chain like there are so many pieces in that room i really wonder how they're going to maneuver that especially all the cast base that's being invested to that position it kind of takes away from all these arguments that you know fans and critics have made over the last few years that r the running back position should be one of the more underpaid positions just because of the value and the fact that it's easily to replace those uh those running backs so um it really feels like at this point He's pretty much lock calls to go to Miami simply because uh, Buffalo very low in cap space, just for a million, and the Broncos now are li literally just over four million. So, um, at this point, it it's definitely looking like uh, Dalvin Cook is going to uh, Miami. 
And one thing else about Frank Clark's contract, you know, he's earned roughly around $75 million in his eight-year career. Uh, he's only going to be making up 10% of that total now with the Broncos, which is insane. I think we got him a really cheap deal. And I know we can go into this whole discussion about, you know, the salary cap and the gymnastics you can play with the money and all that. So I wouldn't count Dalvin Cook out of the question in terms of money-wise. But, again, it's up to Cook and what he wants to do. So, all right, so uh, yeah, so uh, Broncos OTAs um, wrapped up today, the last uh, week, the third week of Broncos OTAs, and now we're going to be heading into mandatory minicamp uh, next week. Um, so a few takeaways that we got from uh, OTAs this week, um, first being the uh, the news. Um, obviously, Frank Clark signing with the Broncos. Uh, George Payne, or excuse me, Sean Payne alluded to that a little bit, saying they had a good conversation over the phone this uh, last week. Um, and then uh, some stuff, the other stuff that we got was uh, Corlin Sun talking to the media, talking about how he watches, how he's been watching a lot of tape on Michael Thomas from his days in New Orleans, and is kind of aiming to implement a little bit of those elements of Thomas's into his own game, which we've kind of talked a little bit on this podcast um, about him and Tim Patrick possibly taking on that Tim Patrick, or that Michael Thomas role. And uh, Corlin Sun has been really good in kind of emulating a little bit that uh, just off what we've seen in tape in his past few years with the Broncos, kind of being. Well, I'm not going to say that slant receiver, but someone that's been able to get stuff done in that intermediate game, kind of a lot like how Michael Thomas has been able to do in New Orleans. And Champagne loves to throw the ball a lot over the middle of the field. And Corlinson has been very successful doing that, not just catching those jump balls over the perimeter, but also catching those passes over the middle of the field. I think he did very effective with, effectively with Russell Wilson last season. So what do you think about Corlinson saying that to the media and kind of trying to uh, emulate a little bit of uh, Michael Thomas in his game this upcoming season? I mean, this is what you want to hear, right? I mean, especially as fans. I mean, you want to hear something like that. Sutton trying to emulate his game after Michael Thomas, especially in Sean Payne's system, which have been very successful, especially towards Michael Thomas. Um, you know, they have that similar, you know, same build, you know, big body type receiver that can go and get jump balls and stuff like that. I wouldn't go too far, you know, like how you said with the slant stuff and all that, but that that's going to be one of Sutton's benefits too on, on those little slants, maybe intermediate, like you, told, like you said. So things like that, I mean, Sun can have a really good year. And if he can try to emulate the stuff that Thomas did with Sean Payton and hopefully Payton, you know, continues to, you know, broom him towards that. I mean, he, he can have a great year. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. And um, I think we're all excited to see what Sun can do this year. And we obviously had our stat predictions episode and um, there's a lot of mouths to feed. And apparently uh, you actually uh, informed me of this, that uh, Jordan Schultz said on the Pat McAfee show today that DeAndre Hopkins is actually still a possibility for the Broncos, even after signing Frank Clark. So um, this is definitely something to monitor, even with all the salary cap already being devoted to that room. Broncos are spending the second most in the NFL on uh, delegating that to their wide receiver room. So there's just already a lot of mouths to feed to begin with, and we don't really know what we're going to see for Corden Sun this upcoming year. That's kind of one of the, and I mentioned, one of the bigger X factors for how Russell Wilson's uh, success is going to look this upcoming season. So um, next in uh, OTA, staying at the wide receiver position, um, Jerry Judy getting a lot of praise uh, from Sean Payton. Um, I know you mentioned this on your Twitter as well, how – They've been giving a lot of praise. Uh, Sean Payne specifically gave a lot of praise to Greg Dulcich, a very lengthy amount of uh, 
praise to Greg Dulcich. And now he's given quite the same for Jerry Judy. Uh, he said he's going to be a little bit hard on Jerry Judy. He's going to make him the best possible player that can be here in Denver. He also added that he's a very explosive player and has extremely loose hips. Just complimenting a lot of the, the school skill sets and tools that Jerry Judy brings, not only as a, a route runner, but just overall a complete wide receiver for this offense and what he plans to do schematically. So what do you think about Jerry Judy? Um, and then obviously Riley Moss, apparently according to uh, um, reports in the media that he apparently stopped Jerry Judy in a 1v1 drill uh, during today's practice. And um, they're very, very hard to do that to Jerry Judy, let alone by a rookie corner. So for all the all the haters out there on uh, Riley Moss, man, he is already making plays on Jerry Judy, the best route runner in the NFL. So um, what do you th- what do you think about that? And what do you think about uh, how Sean Payton is complimenting Jerry Judy early on in the offseason? I mean, as someone who has, you know, died on the sword of uh, Jerry Judy and defending him, uh, it, it just goes to my point that uh, he's going to have a breakout year. You know, I had it on my, uh, my predictions earlier uh, that he's going to have a breakout year. I think I had him over 1.3 or 1.4K uh, receiving yards. And, you know, I, Sean Payne sees the talent within him, which is what I, what I just care about. You know, Nathaniel Hackett and Pat Shermer before and the other offensive coordinators and play calls that we've had, they saw it with him too. They just didn't they, – they didn't feed him the ball. Uh, I did see that Sean Payne said that he's going to be a big part of this offense right and early to start, which is fantastic. So I'm hoping Jerry Judy just continues to, you know, stay healthy, do his thing, and uh, evolve in uh, Payne's office. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, You want to go ahead and start bringing up some of your points? Yeah. So a point that I thought that was interesting in OTA, which is, you know, I'm a big Bill Parcells guy. You know, I read – Read a couple books from uh, Michael Lombardi, who was with Bill Parcells, and Sean Payne is a disciple of uh, Bill Parcells. And uh, one of the points in OTAs was uh, Sean Payne are they're practicing 43 unique situations at the end of the game and at the end of the half, and uh, they've been working. They worked at eight of those today, and not just the starters, but the bench players as well. So this caught my eye. It was a massive attention to detail, and that's something that Bill Parcells brought into his team and his winning culture. And Sean Payne is now bringing it to Denver. And I think this is significant for the team, for the culture in the locker room, just knowing how to win those specific situations and stuff like that. And I love that that came out today. He even expressed upon uh, that. And I would like to hear your, your thoughts about that. Yeah, and we, we started this podcast last uh, last year, actually, and then uh, we obviously had our reactions to every game, and constantly, I remember every single like episode after games, we were always like, this this team does not know how to, like, situational football, they they crumble. That We saw that so many times with Nathaniel Hackett last year, and I am so glad you brought that up. Bill Parcells obviously stemming, uh, Sean Payne stemming from Bill, the Bill Parcells tree, and just bringing on that I, that mentality and to be able to adjust to situations in-game, um, it's not not always going to be by the script you know always go towards the script stick to your game plan it's not always going to be like that you have to adjust just and you have to adjust accordingly especially to your uh, your opponent um and so i feel like they're doing uh the, to hear this they're doing that really well and i like that they're doing this this will be uh very valuable for the team success and uh instrumental to what they do this uh, upcoming season it's just get it's as simple as they were not good in that department last year situation of football cost them so many games last year you look at how many games they lost by one possession last year i can't remember what the record was but there was like the stat that came out the broncos would have been like a winning football team last year if they had won their one possession games like 
more than over 500. So um, it's just unbelievable that they they choke that many games because of that. And I'm um, not even just choking games. They just simply when you know once they got out to a certain point, they just weren't able to adjust to what the other team was doing. And um, not not many halftime changes were really made um, to put the team in the best position to win football games. So I'm happy that you brought that up, and I'm happy that Sean Payton is stepping right away and fixing that uh, here for the Broncos. Um, so. Next, we have Caden Stearns looking amazing at OTAs. Apparently, he had a really good practice today, according to Sean Payton. Uh, he had a, a, quote, heck of an interception. We don't know which quarterback it was. Everybody's in my DMs right now asking me if it was Russell Wilson. I have no clue. Um, don't Even the media isn't really able to, or allowed to say who it was. So, um, nonetheless, we should accept that Caden Stearns is looking incredible. Um, I know J-Mac has a bold prediction that he is actually going to be a starter week one over Kareem Jackson, so we'll see if that comes to fruition, but um, I still believe it's K-Jack at the moment, but you never know. With Caden uh, Stearns shining, they could really uh, go towards his, his way and give him more of the, the reps as opposed to Kareem Jackson, but how do you feel about Caden Stearns shining so far in uh, OTAs, and apparently he's making a lot of great progress. So I'll add on to that, that some of the media is not even – they're telling the media, I would say, to not even release some of the info that's happening uh, during these uh, sessions. Because yeah. uh, uh, I know one in particular cannot say anything that's happened, especially in detail. So when you hear little snippets like this, you know, take it with a grain of salt and also know yeah. that it's probably going to be your last information you get. But uh, <laughs> it, it's also it's nice to see that Caden Stearns is balling out. Um, actually, I would kind of agree with uh, J-Mac. I think he's going to be the starter as well. I think he'll start over Kareem Jackson. Uh, mm. I think they're going to let the, the young kids play a bit. And uh, listen, if Caden Stearns continues to play well and, you know, he he continues to grow alongside Justin Simmons and learning from him, one of the best safeties in the NFL, it's only going to mean good things for the Broncos in that defense. Yeah, and I agree with you. And K a huge fans of K uh, Caden Stearns myself. I mean, look right here. Absolutely love Caden Stearns to death. I want him to be the starter so bad. Um, I hope he is a starter. Um, we'll see where things go. But when you have a great safety room like that, you can't really argue with who's going to be the starter where. And we saw multiple times last year where actually Caden Stearns, Kareem Jackson, and Justin Simmons were on the field at the same time. I mean, you can have Caden Stearns line up in the box as well as uh, Kareem Jackson. And they can all line up different places on the field and nickel and whatnot. So, um Really excited to see what they do. Great to hear he's doing well in OTAs. And most importantly, he's healthy. And that's all we can ask for right now. And so I'm happy that uh, Caden Stearns is looking very replenished and uh, rejuvenated, essentially, after his uh, hip injury last year um, that he got surgery on. So um, uh, anything else uh, we have from uh, OTAs? Apparently uh, that um, Sean Payton says there's a lot of progress being made in the strength, uh, team strength and conditioning this offseason. Um, anything you want to add on to that and more? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's uh, one of the things that flew under the radar in his presser was that's taken like a significant progress. And I think that needs to be talked about more, especially with the injury bug that we've dealt with, what it seems like what, the past three years. Yeah. So uh, for him saying that, you know, he doesn't just say things to say things. I'm, I'm pretty sure there is significant progress. And I just I wish we can get more details upon that and, and what specific areas he's really talking about. But Sean Payne doesn't say things to say things. And I'm glad he, he said that. And I, another uh, point I want to talk about is uh, Baron Brownie was not OTAs today. And uh, everyone was kind of speculating on why. And the reason why, you know, came out, uh, Baron Browning, went, uh, he undergoes a knee surgery. And it looks like he's going to be back uh, by training camp, it seems like. Or that's what they, they hope. So it was kind of mm -hmm. interesting how that came out just as soon as the Frank Clark signing came out. So it's funny how these news uh, drop simultaneously. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping he can stay healthy because he has such a high ceiling. He really does, and he was showing so many flashes last year. And I kept saying, like during you know the offseason and everything, like I just want Granny Gregory and um, Baron Bryan to stay healthy. Like that's the big thing that's holding them back. When they are healthy and on the field at the same time, they look as ju- just as effective as any pass rush duo like in this conference. Like I. Uh, I really want to see them be healthy. We'll see how he looks when he returns to uh, training camp. I'm hoping nothing but the best for him. Um, just so much, so much potential, such a high ceiling. You can only hope that they can stay healthy to, um, you know, get anywhere close to that. So, um, good uh, news that you mentioned uh, there. And then, um, so I think that recaps everything that we learned from our Broncos uh, OTAs this uh, past week or so. Um, Jerry Judy looking really well. Riley Moss, Caden Stearns, Corlin Sutton impressing. Um, Corlin Sutton has just looked a lot more dominant, according to reports, than he has in recent years during OTA. So great to hear that. Um, uh, anything else that we're leaving out? I think that's about it. Just a whole bunch of good stuff coming out. And uh, hopefully uh... – we get to hear some more things, even though <laughs> might we might not. Yeah. So what do you think about uh, Daniel Hunter? What do you think about him and potentially coming here? Obviously, the contract is going to play a little bit into that. But we were looking at his uh, – we were breaking down his contract earlier today on the live stream, and uh, his base salaries are, like, really low. But at the same time, it's going to be, like, the cap hits that the Broncos are going to immediately have to adjust. Yeah, I, I don't know about that one. I'm still, like, kind of on the fence with that. So. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll just see how it goes. I, again, I know salary cap, that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day, how you can maneuver around that and the money. But uh, we'll see. I mean, hopefully the the Broncos contract guy and salary guy can make things work uh, just in case. Yeah, rig it a little bit, right? I change up the script a little bit. I know uh, all the players and everybody are buying into that. So, um but yeah, that uh, I believe that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys are listening on YouTube, and uh, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe. If you guys are listening over there on Spotify and F Podcast, make sure you guys follow, leave a five star rating. All the support is greatly appreciated. Make sure you guys comment below if you're listening on YouTube or just DM me on Instagram at Broncos Avenue. If you guys want to hit up Jordan as well, um, Jordan, you want to go ahead and give your uh, your Twitter and all your socials and everything where they can find your work. Yeah, you can find me on Jordan T. Lopez on Twitter. And on Instagram, you can find me at J14Lopez. Uh, I always post my uh, predominantly orange stuff on there, especially on Twitter. I'm big on Twitter, posting a whole bunch of Denver content and stuff like that. So you can catch me there. Absolutely. Make sure you guys check them out over there. Um, yeah, that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm your host, Amir Farrell, with my great co-host, Jordan Lopez. Till the next one. Peace.